Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Recorded live. Greetings. Welcome to today's broadcast of This Gospel of the Kingdom. This is Pastor Tim of I Saw the Light Ministries. I hope that you're having a great and wonderful day in the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope that he is helping you and strengthening you and blessing you in amazing ways. Today's date is January the 3rd, 2015, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the date in the Roman calendar of January 3rd, 2015. In God's created calendar, it is the 10th month and 12th day, 12th day of the 10th month. And today's topic is going to be in time, science or God. The end time events, nebula, planet X, super colliders, the mountains, the asteroids, the meteors, the comets, what's going to bring about the end time events? Science or God? And we're going to put on a couple of songs for you while everybody connects to the Internet and over the phone lines. Give everybody a few minutes to connect to the broadcast. And we'll be back today. We'll be back. With today's message, we're going to start in the book of Revelation, chapter 8. If you'd like to go ahead and turn there, we're going to be reading from the New American Standard Bible. But you're welcome to follow along with us in the King James. And uh, we appreciate everybody that tunes into the broadcast all across the world, live and in the archives. So we'll put on a couple of songs. We'll be right back with today's message. As I kneel in the darkness in the middle of the night, praying for assurance everything's gonna be alright. Lord, I see another battle out in front of me. I'm afraid I won't be able as I go down in defeat. But he said, I walked on the water, I called the raging sea. I spoke to the wind, it was then I gave to Didn't I run to your rescue? Didn't I hear you when you called? I walked right beside you, the soul of the glory fall. Didn't I leave all of heaven just to die for your sin? I searched until I found you, and I do it all again. He said, do you remember where I brought you from? He said, take a look behind you, 
have reached the point of no return. And truly I have failed to stand so firm that I think where could my friends and my family be? That's when God works a miracle in me. God still working a miracle in my life every day. Taking away my sin. Teach me how to pray. Though I falter and I fail him. everyone. Welcome to today's broadcast of This Gospel of the Kingdom, brought to you by I Saw the Light Ministries. This is Pastor Tim of I Saw the Light Ministries. I hope that you're having a great Sabbath, or whatever day it may be, if you're listening in our tribe. I hope that you're having a very blessed day. I hope that you're seeing miracles in your life. Miracles abound. Miracles abound. They are Everywhere. They are a everyday occurrence. And as we continue to grow more and more in Christ and we receive more and more of His Spirit through this journey of life, we should be seeing even more and more miracles in our lives as the days, weeks, months, and years pass. Uh, and the things that we're about to see are just absolutely amazing. And God is so awesome. God is so amazing. And he is opening up the seals and the books to understanding, to true knowledge, and true wisdom in Jesus Christ. He is the truth. He is the true knowledge. He is true Wisdom. Wisdom is a knowledge. Wisdom is a treasure that Solomon asked for. Wisdom is a treasure that Solomon encouraged people to seek. But the greatest wisdom and source of wisdom is the knowledge of Jesus Christ himself. Today's topic is going to be end time, science, or God. The end time events. But before we get into that, I have an exciting announcement. Uh, some of you have already heard about it. Some of you have not. And that is that the ministry website, I Saw the Light Ministries, has now have uh, has passed over 2 million views 
tenth website website was started in February of 2006. That's going to be nine years next month. It's going to be the ninth year anniversary of the website. I saw the Light Ministries. We've had over two million views, two million and sixty-five thousand as of uh, sometime yesterday when I looked. Uh, it's about fifty thousand a month right now of page views. So that's not people. That's not two million people. That's two million page views. So, for example, if you go to the website and you look at ten pages, that is one person, but it's ten page views. And uh, if you come back uh, a few days later and look at the same pages again, that's another page view for every page you view. And so, out of all the different articles, there's been over two million page views, and uh, averaging now over fifty thousand a month, it increases. Almost every month, it it definitely increases every year. That we're reaching more and more nations, more and more people. Uh, more and more people are printing out the articles and distributing them. Those articles in their communities, uh, making flyers from them, telling one another about the ministry and the website. So we glory in Jesus Christ. We glory in God that he is moving in this day and in this time because we live in a very evil time, a very dark, evil world, and we are supposed to be shining a light in that darkness. We are told to go into all the world, and that is what we're doing through the website. We've done it uh, through radio broadcasts in the past. We've been on satellite radio in the Middle East, Africa, and Asia, and Europe in the past, only through miracle that God did that. And so right now we're broadcasting over the Internet and continue to uh, distribute Bibles and literature, articles, CDs, DVDs, books uh, in the nations. And we give all the glory to God because we cannot do any of it without Him. He, he's actually doing it. We're not. It is God doing it. Because I tell you, I have no connections in the, in the radio industry or ways of doing any of this, but God opens the doors. So thanks to God for all this. We're glad that we're able to uh, be a help and a vessel of his work. All right, we're going to uh, get into the uh, message, and before we do, let's Go in prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, God, in Jesus' name, we thank you, God, for this day. Thank you, God, for what you are doing, for what you have been doing, for what you're going to do, that you're in control, that you have a great plan, a perfect plan. We pray, God, that thou will prevail for us our families, this ministry, this broadcast. We pray for your anointing, your spirit, in the words that I speak. I ask God that you speak through me. You speak to your body, to the church. Help us to become what you want us to become, that we become mature in Christ Jesus, that the darkness will flee, 
that the false doctrines will flee, that we be completely delivered of Babylon. Please deliver us from Babylon, God. Please deliver us from Babylon, loosening the chains and the bondages, the sins, the habits, and the things that weigh us down. Deliver us from false doctrine, from lies, from deception. Deliver us from everything that is evil and dark. Deliver us from everything that is unpleasing to you. Deliver us from anything that is not the truth. Work through us and help us to walk, speak, and move upon this earth as your body, speaking and moving and healing and delivering in Jesus' name by your power, by your authority. In Jesus' name, we ask God for this. And we receive it. We accept it. We're going to do it. We're going to walk in it. We're going to be your body. We're going to speak your words and move and direct upon this earth, casting down kingdoms and building up your kingdom. Bucking out, rooting out, destroying darkness, bringing in your light and your kingdom, ushering in the kingdom, even now, as the kingdom is within us. We are your ambassadors. We are your government. We are your kings and your priests under you. We take authority. We reign. We rule. We cast out the darkness in our lives by your light, Lord, shine in us. Shine brightly in us. Consume any and all darkness in us. Live in us, God. Live in us. Resurrect us, God, even now, in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, for it. We receive it, embrace it, live it, in Jesus' name. I accept your anointing. Ask God that you anoint the hearing, receiving, and application. That will be done. Your word will not return void nor vain, but shall accomplish the purpose of which forfeit has been sent. So be it. In Jesus' name, amen. Please turn with me to the book of Revelation. And I said we're going to start in chapter 8, but let's back up here and let's start in chapter 6. Revelation chapter 6. In time, science are God. Planet X. Nebula, comets, asteroids, meteors, super colliders, atomic colliders. What is going to cause the mountains that fall into the sea? What are those mountains? They will bring darkness upon the earth, destroy a third of the creatures in the waters, and so forth. What is the abyss? And who or what will open that abyss? There's a lot of theories out there on the internet, articles, shows like uh, what I want to pronounce the name of the shows, radio shows, because people will go to them and listen. There's radio shows and internet and broadcasters and articles and people who are teaching uh, that the abyss, the bottomless pit and such things and the shaking of the earth and all these things are going to occur through 
science through stargates, through things created by man, through machines, computers, instruments of man. Uh, of course, they do say that a lot of this is uh, not just mankind. It's fallen angels, it's demons, it's aliens, so forth. So at least they understand that there is a evil spiritual realm behind science, behind the super colliders, behind those things. But is it those things that's going to cause these end time events? Let's study the scriptures and see what it is that opens the abyss and uh, what causes these end time events. So let's look at the scriptures. In Revelation chapter 6, verse 1, and I'm reading from the New American Standard, but you can follow along as much as you're able to, the King James, whatever. And the New American Standard is also available online. You can go to BibleGateway.com or any other website and and read the New American uh, online with us as well if you don't have a copy. The Revelation chapter 6, verse 1 says, Then I saw when the Lamb, that's Christ Jesus, when the Lamb of God broke one of the seven seals. So there's seven seals dealing with the end times in the book of Revelation. Now, keep your finger there. Bookmark. And let's turn to Daniel 12. We're going to come right back, so make sure you have a good bookmark. And let's just flip to Daniel chapter 12. Daniel 12. Verse 4, Daniel 12, verse 4. But as for you, Daniel, conceal these words and seal up the book until the end of time. Many will go forth, go back and forth, and knowledge will increase. So here we see God tells Daniel to put seals on the book to seal up the book, to close the book, until the end time, which means at the end time, these seals are going to come off. When those seals come off, there's going to be increase in knowledge and transportation. People go back and forth. That's talking about airplanes, trains, horsepower, automobiles, space rockets, space travel, science, transportation, and knowledge will increase. That's talking about our day and time, starting about in, in the late 1800s, around 1900, so forth, that all those things started coming to be. And the seals began to be opened at that time. Now turning back to Revelation chapter 6. Starting again, Revelation 6, verse 1. Then I saw when the Lamb, Jesus, broke one of the seven seals. This the very, the very beginning of the opening of the book, of the seals. And I heard one of the four living creatures, these are angels in heaven, saying, as with a voice of thunder, come. And I looked, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. Now, most people interpret that to be the Antichrist. But when you study the next horse, is a red horse, then the black horse, 
been the pale horse, or it's called the ashen horse, or the green horse, as the fourth one in verse 7. Uh, the Antichrist, if you interpret verse 1 and verse 2 to be only the Antichrist, and that's the fullness of that, then it really does not fit the pattern. It does not fit the timeline of events. So if you was to go to the website, I Saw the Light Ministries, I've got an article there about the four horsemen, the identity of the four horsemen revealed. And we won't get into that in detail today, but I really, really encourage you to check out that article, the four horsemen revealed. And it will explain to you how the first horse, the white horse, deals with the Nobel Prizes, the Nobel family, which was part of the oil industry, um, petroleum industry, how the electrical industry deals with that, how the transportation, how science, how all that ties in. And then there's a second article about the electrical and petroleum uh, and automobile industries corruption upon mankind. And so that second article gives a whole lot more information about that. But the point today I want you to understand is that this horse, this very first seal is dealing with an increase in transportation as science. And this science, this so-called knowledge, and this transportation is demonic. It's demonic. These are not good things. The white horse is not a good thing. The red horse is not a good thing. The black horse is not a good thing. The green horse, pale, whatever you want to call it, is not a good thing. These are things that bring death to the world, to the people. These are things that are basically plagues upon mankind. These are not good things. And even though God empowers them and brings them about, he gives them authority to do things, uh, it's not, it's still not good things. And so you've got these seven seals. And so here the four horsemen are the first four seals. Then when you come to verse 9, the fifth seal in verse 9. And the land broke the fifth seal. And I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God. So this is martyrdom, killing of saints. Now, that has always occurred. and A lot of this stuff has always occurred, war and famine and pestilence disease and earthquakes, a lot of these have always occurred. These are just the beginning of sorrows. But all these things increase at the whooping in the fields in the end time. They come to the fullness in the end time. And the fullness of the fifth seal is an end time martyrdom of the saints of God during the great tribulation. So this is the great tribulation in the fifth seal. Okay, and so the first four have already been woken, but the fifth has not yet been woken. This is talking about the fullness of the great tribulation when the true saints of God are going to be beheaded, slain for the name of Jesus, for the word of God, for the truth, for the commandments. This ain't talking about the people in Iraq and Syria that are being beheaded right now because the fifth seal has not been woken yet. We're not in the great tribulation yet. And those are not true Christians being killed over there. As much as that's not politically correct to say it, 
as much as that's not popular to say it. But what you got over there occurring right now in Syria and Iraq is evil fighting evil. Evil fighting evil. And I'm not saying there's not any true Christians dying. There may be. But by far and large, it's false Christians. It's cults. It's demonic cults over there that are beheading one another. And uh, so we're still yet to see the fullness of the fifth seal. Then you come to the sixth one in verse 12. Verse 12, I looked, and when he broke the sixth seal, remember there's seven, so we get closer and closer to the end time. Uh, I broke, when he broke the sixth seal, and there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black and sackcloth. Now, what causes this? What causes this? Is it planet X? Is it nebula? Is it super collider? Is it science? Or is it that Jesus Christ broke a seal? That Jesus Christ broke a seal. That's what it says, right? That is what causes it. Jesus, he, he did it. Planet X didn't do it. He broke the sixth seal, and there was a great earthquake. There's a breaking. And there's a great earthquake, and the sun became black and sackcloth made of hair, and the whole moon became like blood, and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as a fig tree casts its unripe figs when shaken by a great wind. And the sky was split apart like a scroll when it is rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of their places, and the kings of the earth and the great men and the commanders and the rich and the strong and every slave and free man hid themselves in the caves among the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the presence of him. Is it hide us from nebula? No, from the presence of God. Hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Now, a lot of people misinterpret this to say, a lot of people misinterpret it uh, uh, to try to claim that the wrath starts right then and right there at the sixth seal. But that's not true. That's not accurate. That's misunderstanding what it says. Uh, the sixth seal, I mean, the uh, wrath is only announced there. Okay, they, they're just announcing it. But you have to keep reading. And you've got to read the whole book of Revelation. And if you do that, then eventually you're going to come to the place in the book of Revelation where you actually see the angels pouring out the wrath, the seven bows, the seven vows upon the unrepentant people. You don't see that in this verse. This is just an announcement. The wrath does not actually begin at that point. But we do see at this point the opening of the sixth seal and the heavenly signs, the stars falling and the sun and the moon becoming dark and black and like blood. What causes these events? These are supernatural events. In fact, this reminds me of the uh, darkening of the sun when Jesus died on the cross how that the sun became dark at that time. And, every, and the earth quaked. There was an earthquake. And, uh, 
and the and the curtain in the temple rent in two. These things were supernatural. It was not an eclipse. I don't care what video, what article, what so-called teacher, what person tries to say that it was an eclipse that we can actually look on an astronomy program and see that there was an eclipse that day. No, no, no. It was not an eclipse. It was supernatural. It was not science. It was God himself upon the death of Christ bringing this about upon mankind. And such is the case right here. Now, that is the sixth seal. Now let's go to chapter 8. And the reason we're going to skip old chapter is because chapter 7 is an interlude. It is talking about uh, events uh, that's unrelated to our topic today. So chapter 8, verse 1, chapter 8, verse 1, when the land broke the seventh seal. So here's the very next seal, seventh seal. This is the last seal. And there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And a lot of people try to say, how long is half an hour? Is it 30 years, 1,000 years? But, well, it's a half an hour. It's a half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. So you got seven seals. And when you get to the very last seal, you then have seven trumpets. Okay? And when you get to the last trumpet, you then have seven vows or bows of the wrath. And you don't have the wrath until you get to the very last trumpet. Okay? So you guys say, it's seven, 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 three, seven. Seven seals, seven trumpets, seven bows of wrath. You don't get to the wrath until the bows are actually being poured out. Verse 3, another angel came and stood at the altar holding a golden censer. And a censer is some kind of container that holds the smoke. It holds something that causes smoke. It's like an incense stick or something like that. And much incense was given to it. It's like a... uh, Round, a uh, what would you be a good word for that? Uh, like a vase of some kind of thing that holds the material that is burning. So it's like a vase or some kind of round container that's holding the material that is burning. And made much incense was given, and much incense was given to him so that he might add to it the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar, which is before the throne. So here we see there is an altar in heaven, a golden altar, and there is a throne in heaven. That is related to the um, temple in heaven that I'm writing about right now. I'm writing a new article uh, that explains that there will not be a third temple built. There will never be a third temple built. There will never again be a Jewish temple built. And it might take me uh, quite a few more days to finish that article. Appreciate your prayers. And I'm going to make a note here. Eight, three. 
So that refers to these the uh, the temple furniture in heaven. I want you to pay close attention to the censer and the altar. Verse 4, And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints went up before God out of the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with the fire of the altar and threw it to the earth. And there followed pearls of thunder and sound and flashings of lightning and an earthquake. And the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound them. And the first sounded. So here's the first trumpet out of the seven trumpets. The first sounded, and there came fire, hail, and fire mixed with blood. Now is a meteor mixed with blood. Is there, uh, is there actually comets and meteors and asteroids, planet X, nebula? Uh, have you ever heard a scientific study that says a, a comet is a mixture of dust, ice, rock, and blood? No. So there's blood in this. And they were thrown to the earth. Hmm. They were thrown to the earth. Underline thrown to the earth. Then look back at verse 5 and underline through it to the earth. Verse 5, the angel took the censer and filled it with the fire of the altar and threw it to the earth. What was thrown to the earth? Fire. Look at verse 7. Underline fire. Where does this fire, hail, and blood in verse 7 come from? It comes from the throne of God. It comes from the temple of God. It comes from the altar of God. It comes from the center. It's coming from heaven. It is not coming from planet X. It is not coming from Pluto. It is not coming from another solar system. It's coming from God. It's coming from the hand of God. It's coming from the angels of God. These are things that are supernatural. Science is a lie, lie, lie. Science is a lie. God hates science. I hate science. These come from God. These are the source of these mountains. These are the source of the fire. This is the source of the hell. It is from the throne of God from the center. And who throws it? It's an angel. Throws it down to the earth. Praise God Almighty. Thank you, God, for opening up the book. Now look at verse 7. The first sounded, and there came hail and fire mixed with blood, and they were thrown to the earth. And a third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. Now, what kind of meteor, comet, or planet does limited damage of that it hurts only the green thing, that it hurts only the trees and the grass, that it don't hurt the buildings, it don't hurt any living thing other than the plants and grass. This is supernatural. And again, what kind of 
scientific planner or body uh, that floats in outer space has blood in it. None of it. These are supernatural things that come actually from inside the temple of God being thrown down on the earth by God's angel. Verse 8. The second angel sounded in something like a great mountain. Like a great mountain. It is not a great mountain. It's like a great mountain. Burning with fire was thrown into the sea. It was thrown, underlying thrown, because this angel is throwing something upon the earth into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood. Underlined became blood, because how can a meteor, asteroid, or planet cause the water to become blood? And a third of the creatures which were in the sea and that had life died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. Verse 10. The third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell on the third of the rivers and on the springs of water. So here's the rivers, and there's rivers in Africa, North America, South America, Asia, Europe, throughout the continent. How does any uh, physical uh, heavenly body for lack of a better term, scientific thing, uh, asteroid, comet, meteor, planet, how does such a thing touch only a third of the rivers? I can see it touching a third of land or a third of the ocean, but how does such a thing touch only a third of the rivers? It has to be supernatural. Verse 11, the name of the star is called Wormwood, and a third of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died from the waters because they were made bitter. If you want to find Wormwood, then maybe you need to be considering names of angels, rather be a good angel or a bad angel, rather than considering name of planets and stars. Verse 12. The fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun, and a third of the moon, and a third of the stars were struck, so that a third of them would be darkened and and the day would not shine for a third of it, and the night in the same way. Verse 13. Then I looked and held an angel flying in mid-heaven, same with a loud uh, eagle flying. An eagle flying. That's very important right there, because King James says angel, but it should say eagle or bird or a raptor or something like that. It's very hard to interpret, translate that word but it's definitely some form of a bird. And it says here in New American Standard, an eagle. That's very important because this is a foreshadowing of the uh, great supper or the supper of the great God where the birds gather together to eat the carcass of the dead bodies. So here is a bird circling, ready to devour the flesh of kings, of men. So this eagle flying in the mid-heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe. He says, woe three times. For those who dwell on the earth because of the remaining blasts of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. And the fifth angel sounded. So this is the fifth trumpet out of seven. 
and I saw a star from heaven which had, which had fallen to the earth. Underline, had fallen. It doesn't say that it's actually fallen at that particular moment. It's very important to understand that it had already fallen to the earth previously. It had fallen. So he doesn't actually see it falling. It had already fallen. Now that refers to Revelation 12, verse 7, where there's a war in heaven, and the dragon and his angels waged war, and was not, <clears throat> and those angels were not strong enough, and there was no longer found a place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down in the serpent of old, which is called the devil Satan, which deceived the whole world, and they were thrown down. To the earth. So these are, there's a war in heaven previously, the son of perdition, who is a fallen angel, and these other fallen angels are cast down to the earth. So this is a previous falling of the son of perdition, is exactly what this is. And so, anyway, in chapter 9, verse 1, and the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star, which is a fallen angel from heaven, which I had, had fallen to the earth. And the key of the bottomless pit was given to him. Underline the word him, because this, this identifies the star as a being. It identifies that star as a living being. This is not a physical star. This is not a meteor. This is a fallen angel. And he, we'll underline he, because again, it concerns that it is a being that is talked about. And he woke from the bottomless pit. So this is the abyss. This is a, or this is a form of abyss, uh, or some form of bottomless pit. What is this particular pit? We need to understand that there's more than one bottomless pit. They're not all the same. They're not all the same location. So we must understand that. That is primary and understanding the book of Revelation that not every bottomless pit is the same bottomless pit. So he opened this particular bottomless pit and smoke went up out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace and the sun and the air were darkened by the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke came locusts upon the earth and power is given unto them as the scorpions of the earth have power. They were told not to hurt the grass of the earth, nor any green thing, nor any tree, but only the men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. So it's very important for people to have the seal of God in our foreheads at that time, already, before this happened. Verse 5, and they were not permitted to kill anyone, but to torment those that don't have the soul of God, to torment for five months. Now, this is where a lot of people believe and teach, unfortunately, that the Great Tribulation only lasts five months, which is ridiculous because the Bible says over and over and over, it's three and a half years, it's 42 months, it's 1,260 days, it's time, times, and half the time. So don't ignore all those scriptures 
and just jump to this and take it out of context and say it only lasts five months. That's ridiculous. Don't ignore all those scriptures that says it's three and a half years. This is only five months within that three and a half years because you've got all seven fields you've got to go through. You got all seven trumpets you gotta go through. You got all seven vows that you gotta go through. It don't happen all in five months. But in these particular five months, it says, but to torment for five months, and their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings a man. It's important to understand that in this day and time when John was writing, in the uh, prime of uh, the Greek era, when everybody spoke Greek, it was the main language of the earth. A Greek culture was very, very, very strong. The Greek gods people lived in had Greek temples, Greek statues. People knew Greek uh, uh, mythology and Greek uh, beliefs. People knew it. It was common, everyday common thing. And the leaders of the first century church when they read this about a scorpion stinging a man, a thought would have came into their mind immediately about uh, the uh, Orion. Orion, in the Greek mythology, uh, dealt with uh, uh, the uh, constellations, the stars, and there was a story about a scorpion stinging a man. And it was dealing with Orion. Well, that's very interesting because the president of Syria, Bashar Assad, he will be his name, he, uh, in his military career, was called the Great Hunter, and he was named that after Orion. He was named that after Orion, which is the constellation and the fallen angel of which deals with this scorpion which stings a man. Verse 6, and in those days, men will seek death and will not find it. And they will long to die, and death flees from them. The appearance of the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. And on their heads appeared to be crowns like gold. And their faces were like the faces of men. We're in Revelation chapter 9, verse 7. Revelation 9, verse 7 is the verse we just read. Now, although a lot of these things I've been reading about in the previous chapters were spiritual things, and, and uh, it was all like dealing with fallen angels and so forth, and there's still fallen angels even in this chapter, but we got to understand that sometimes the book of Revelation speaks literally and sometimes symbolically. Sometimes um, it is um, things that John could not interpret because he was living in a day and time when there was no space travel. There was no automobiles. There was no trains, no airplanes, no helicopters. And all the war in that day and time was fought on horses or on, or on foot or chariots. So John, uh, seeing this vision of the very end times, when he sees these things, uh, he can only explain it in the language that he knew at the time with the knowledge that he had at the time. So what was these locusts in chapter 9, Revelation chapter 9? What are these locusts that he sees? 
that are flying around tormenting men that they don't kill men, but they just torment men for five months. They don't hurt the grass. They don't hurt the trees. They don't hurt any green thing. They just torment men. These things are helicopters. This is biological warfare. i tell you how I can say that. Look at, in verse 7 it says the faces of men. In a helicopter, you can actually see the faces of men. In verse 8, they had hair like the hair of women, and they had teeth like the teeth of a lion. Or a lion. That's possible to be the antennas as far as the hair. And the teeth, as the teeth of lions, these could be paintings or some part of the helicopter we don't understand because there's so many models of helicopters, and these military helicopters are, are so strange anyway. But verse 9 really gives it away in verse 9. They had breastplates, like breastplates of iron, underlined iron. These were not normal locusts. A locust does not have the face of a man. Uh, locusts does not have iron. And the sound of their wings, underlined sound of their wings, was like the sound of chariots, a very loud noise of many horses running to battle. They had tails like scorpions, underlined tails like scorpions. Helicopters have long tails. And stings, underlined stings, because the nozzle that sprays the biological chemical warfare. And in their tail, in their tail, you can underline in their tails, that is where the nozzle is to spray this which doesn't kill, a lot of these chemical, biological weapons don't kill. They just make people sick. Uh, some of them can kill, but a lot of them, like a dirty bomb, uh, they kill very slowly or just make people sick. And in their tails is a tire to hurt men for five months. And they have a king over them, the angel of the abyss. So right here, it identifies this fallen star as an angel. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in the Greek he has the name Apollo, which, guess what, is the uh, same fallen angel that's known as Horus, Orion, uh, and so forth. All these different names through different cultures, through the Roman and Babylonian, Egyptian, all these Greek mythologies, or, or these different cultures throughout time, they change the names. But it's talking about the same fallen angels. And when I get this article done about Third Temple not being built, you're going to see there probably also about how those fallen angels dealing with Alexander the Great and Ocrates of Pritites and Assad, how the same fallen angels continue to uh, rule these nations and these empires upon the earth. Verse 12, the first woe is past, the whole two woes are still coming after these. So that verse refers back to chapter 8, verse 13. Chapter 8, verse 13, you see that the eagle says, whoa, 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 three woes. So chapter 9, 12, 
has three woes. The first woe is past. In other words, the fifth angel, the fifth trumpet, is the first woe. Then you have two more woes, meaning that you have two more angels. You have two more trumpets, the sixth trumpet and the seventh trumpet, yet to blow. Verse 13, the sixth angel, that would be the second woe. This is the sixth trumpet. Sixth trumpet. And when the sixth angel sounded, had a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God. So this is coming from the temple of God in heaven again. And it continues on there with the sixth angel. And then we know that the seventh angel blows the seventh trumpet as well. Okay, I want to read some other scriptures. The point here is a lot of this comes from the altar of God, from the throne of God. Yes, there are some physical helicopters, and yes, God can use science, God can use the physical things of the earth, but all these things come because God brings them about. Even what the devil does, even what the fallen angels do, power is given to them. God gives them power to bring these things about. God is in control. God has a master plan, and all these things must occur. Let's not give the credit to Planet X, to Nebula, to comets, to asteroids. Let's not give the credit uh, to any of those physical things. Let's not give credit to the so-called elite or the New World Order. Let's not give credit to the Jews, the Zionists, to the Vatican, to the Pope. Yes, there are evil men and fallen angels that are planning evil events. And yes, they are doing evil things and corrupting people, deceiving people, killing people, and so forth. But anything that they do, they are planned into the hand of God. It is God himself that has planned it, and that gives them the authority to do it. Remember that Pilate said to Jesus uh, uh, a certain statement, and Jesus said, you only have the authority of the power I give to you. God gives these things power and authority to come about. Now I'd like to read, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 1. We're reading from the New American Standard Bible, but you're welcome to follow along the King James as much as you're able to. In 1 Corinthians, chapter 1, starting in verse 18. 1 Corinthians 1, 18. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. To the atheists, to the agnostic, to the unbelievers, to those that trust and rely in science, 
to those that believe in science more than they believe in God, the word of the cross is foolishness. To say that it's God that does it, to say that it's angels that does it and not planets, that, that it's not science, is foolishness to a lot of people on this earth. They still want to explain away the crossing of the Red Sea, that it was an earthquake, that it was some kind of natural phenomenon, that it was some kind of natural eclipse or whatever that moved the waters so that they could cross. It was not any of those things. It was the hand of God. It was the presence of God. God himself, the face of God was in that cloud, which was a cloud by day, but a wall of fire by night. If it was an earthquake that separated the sea, what was the wall of fire that was moving and leading this million people out of Egypt? What was that wall of fire? Was that an earthquake? Was that a planet? Was that an asteroid? Was that a comet? This is God doing these things and his angels. These things may sound foolishness to those that consider themselves wise. There's people in this world that consider themselves wise and call us foolish for believing in the supernatural. Let's read this again in verse 18. And the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. These people are perishing. The unbelievers are perishing. They are condemning themselves. They are following their own path to destruction. But for us who are being saved, and yes, we got saved, and yes, we are saved, but we're still in the process of salvation as well. There is an initial salvation and we are saved. But there is also a process of salvation where you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling because you can lose that salvation at any moment. Once saved, always saved is a deception. You can lose your salvation because you can't say just because you got saved, just because you said one prayer when you was a certain age in your life, that you can live like the devil the rest of your life and do anything you want to do and not keep the commandments of God, not live for God, not obey God and still make it in just because you said that one prayer at a certain age? No. So anyway, it says here in verse 19, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. He's going to destroy this so-called knowledge, this so-called science. God's going to destroy it. Verse 20, where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world, through his wisdom, did not come to know God. You would think that through looking through the telescopes, through looking at these solar systems, that they would come to know God. And actually, many scientists are coming to know God. But by far and large, scientists are still stuck in their ignorance, considering themselves wise when they are foolish. And they're not coming to know God, even though they should. 
this has not come to know God. God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to those to save those who believe. He saves those who believe. For indeed, Jews act for signs, and Greeks search for wisdom. The Greeks studied the stars. The Greeks studied the constellations and the planets, and they worshipped the creation over the creator. Those creation, those planets, those stars were their gods. Today it is no different. Today is no different. Nebula has become a god to many people on Facebook and across the Internet. Nebula has become a god. The super colliders have become a god. That through the hand of Nebula shall these things come upon the earth. Through the hands of Mars, through the hands of Jupiter, through the hands of an asteroid, through the hands of a comet, these things will come to the earth. They have become a god. Verse 23. That we preach Christ. We preach Christ. It is Christ that doeth these things. We preach Christ crucified to Jews a stumbling block and to Gentiles foolishness. In one essence here, Gentiles is referring to, in the spiritual sense, not just the bloodline of Gentiles, but the lost people. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power, I want to underline the power. Both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the wisdom of God. If you want to find wisdom, find Christ. Find Christ and you can receive all the wisdom. Find Christ. If you seek knowledge, if you seek information, if you seek facts, if you seek truth, if you seek the meaning of life, if you seek anything, seek Christ. And you shall find it all. He is the answer. Christ is the answer. There is no answer in anything else. Planets cannot speak. Comets cannot speak. There is no hope in those things. Speak Christ. Verse 25, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. In other words, the little finger of God is better and greater than all the so-called knowledge and strength of man. Man is nothing. Man is the dust of the like a vapor in the wind. Here today I'm going tomorrow, like the grass that wilder and burn up in the furnace tomorrow. Man is like grass. Foolishness. Science is so foolish. Science is our enemy. Science is anti-Christ. Sci-fi is anti-Christ. Movies like Star Trek and Star Wars. And I used to be a great Star Trek fan. I used to love those movies. But now I am crucified in Christ, resurrected in Christ, Seeing with the eyes of Christ, hearing with the ears of Christ, 
we've got to watch what we allow in our ears, into our minds, into our eyes, into our heart, because these things become idols and gods to us. Star Trek, Star Wars, you know what they preach? Because they're preachers. Star Wars and Star Trek and all sci-fi movies, they are preachers of that there is no God. That we'll still be around 200, 1,000 years from now, 2,000 years from now, that mankind will still be here and there's no Christ upon the earth, that there's no temple of Christ, that there's no tabernacle of God coming out of heaven, that there's no new Jerusalem coming out of heaven, that you've got all these races of people, of creatures throughout the planet, and, and these androids, but no God, no Christ, no salvation, no end of the world, only science. Only science, only technology, foolishness, absolute foolishness. These sci-fi movies are your enemy. They are enemy of God. I encourage you, if you've got any kind of a sci-fi book or movie in your house, burn it today. Stamp it. Tear it apart. Take a hammer and destroy it. It is Antichrist. God takes no pleasure in those things. He hates those things. And if we are the body of Christ, we will become like him and hate those things. Those things have no place in the temple of God. We are the temple of God in a spiritual sense. They are foolishness to God. Verse 26. Well, consider your calling, brethren, what a high calling it is. But consider your calling, brethren. We need all my God. We can, oh, Lord Jesus, we can, we can preach on that. Consider your calling. Consider your calling. Consider it, consider it. Consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise men according to the flesh, not many mighty. Not many noble, but God, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And the base things of the world and the despised, God has chosen the things that are not so that he may nullify the things that are so that no man may boast before God. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God. Christ is wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, 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 let us seek sanctification, and redemption, what a beautiful word, redemption. Don't you love the word of God? Don't you love the word of God? And these beautiful words, wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. Don't you love the word of God? Don't you have a passion? Can you get a passion for the word of God? Can you seek him with all your heart? Not 80%, not 99.9%, but rather 1,000%. We need to get a passion for God. 
verse 31, so that just as it is written, let him who boasts is boast in the Lord. Let us not boast in Star Wars. Let us not boast in Star Trek. Let us not boast in Nebula. Let us not lift Nebula up. Let us not exalt Nebula. Nebula is nothing. They don't even exist. I hate Nebula. It is foolishness. It is nonsense. It is craziness. It is sci-fi. It is fiction. There is no Nebula. There is no Planet X. If anything happens to this world, it will be by the hand of God. Nothing less and nothing more than the hand of God that will bring these things upon this planet because of our sins, because of my sins, that these things are going to come on this planet. Chapter 2, verse 1. And when I came to you, brethren, I did not come to you with splurity of speech or of wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God. And I see people on Facebook and the Internet coming on there, talking all scientific, talking with the clarity of speech about nebula, about stargates, about all that sci-fi stuff that they so deeply believe in makes me sick. It doesn't impress me, all their scientific speech makes me sick. If we have any wisdom in our speech, let it be a word of God. Scientific words. Craziness. Let's turn to the book of Timothy. 1 Timothy, chapter 6, verse 20. 1 Timothy, chapter 6, verse 20. 1 Timothy 6, verse 20. Paul is writing to Timothy. Contrary to popular belief, Timothy did not write Timothy. Paul wrote Timothy. And he's writing a letter to Timothy. And he says, Oh, Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to you. Talking about the scriptures, the calling, the high calling that we have. Guard it. Guard it. Because another scripture says, Let no man steal your crown. Let no man steal your crown. You've got to guard it. Guard what has been entrusted to you. Avoiding, this is how you guard it. You have to avoid certain things. You have to avoid certain discussions. You have to avoid certain debate. You have to avoid certain arguments. You don't have to avoid all of them. Sometimes you've got to stand up. But avoid these worldly and empty chatter and the opposing arguments of what is falsely called knowledge. King James Version says science there. And I looked up the Greek word for knowledge or science there. And a better translation is knowledge. But it can be applied to science. It can also be applied to false doctrine and theology. Any any so-called false knowledge it can be applied to including science. To avoid 
the worldly and empty, vain words, empty words, empty chatter. It's just chatter. And the opposing arguments, which opposes the truth, opposes the cross, opposes everything that's right and true, of what is, uh, and it's falsely so-called science, falsely so-called knowledge. They say, we know this, we have this knowledge. No, you don't. In the world, there's worldly knowledge, is nothing. Verse 21, which some have professed, they profess. See, we have a profession. We have a profession. Who you serve, who you believe in. And they have a profession that they serve and believe in the planets. Which some have professed and thus gone astray from the faith. Some people have left the faith and are leaving the faith and are being led astray from the faith by science, by knowledge, by false knowledge and so-called knowledge. So I hereby in the name of Jesus Christ warn you against such men by the names of Mark Hudson on Facebook and Gideon Rich on Facebook who are leading people astray by science, by so-called knowledge, false knowledge, talking about stargates and all this mankind technology of trying to open up the abyss by the super colliders, foolishness, false knowledge, false doctrine, false teachings, leading people astray, taking the credit away from God, and lifting up science, lifting up creation. Angels do not need stargates. Angels are already here. They don't have to travel from other planets. They're right here on Earth. The fallen angels, which they call aliens, are right here on Earth. They don't need to travel to Earth through a stargate. They're already here. And they don't need no stargate to travel between heaven and Earth. They don't need no stargate to travel between dimension and dimension. They're here already, all around. If you could see with your spiritual eyes and see all the spiritual beings around you, you would probably faint of how many spiritual beings, good and bad, are around us. Fallen angels, aliens, do not need stargates to travel from dimension to dimension or between the abyss. And they don't need no stargate or super collider to open up the abyss. All these things will be done supernaturally. I also warn you against the book of Enoch. Yes, the scriptures do mention a book of Enoch. Yes, absolutely, at one time in history there was a book of Enoch that may have been a pretty good book to read. But the book of Enoch that is around today, that's going around the Internet, that everybody's reading and worshiping and teaching and exalting and lifting up, that book of Enoch that we know of today is a falsehood. It is totally corrupted. It is not the perfect copy of the original Enoch. There's much in it that is totally lie and totally contrary to the truth. And every person I've ever known that I knew that read the book of Enoch was very, very twisted in their doctrines and beliefs. 
and the book of Enoch just made it worse, not better. I have never seen a good fruit come from the book of Enoch. And I believe in other books other than what's written that in our King James and New American Standard Bibles because history shows there's very, 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 very well documentation showing there was other books in the Bible that were not even taken out until 1665 or something like that. So there were other books in the Bible, but we know what they were. In the Greek Sotudian, the, the Greek translation of the Old Testament used by Jesus Christ and the apostles, which they actually used and quoted from, had other books, including the Maccabees, one through four Maccabees, Tobit, Judas, and so forth. So I'm all for the people reading the Apotheca that was actually in the Greek Sotudian, which we know was in the Greek Sotudian. I'm all for that. But when you consider these other books, a million of them, by all kinds of names, no. In fact, I warn you against those. Now, there may be there may be one or two or few. There may be a few out there that may be true and accurate and real. But to go through and sort through the million or however many numbers all there are of these so-called laws books, which were never in the Bible, or at least we don't have proof that they were in the Bible, you have got to be very, 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 very close to God. You've got to do a lot of fasting, lots of praying, lots of seeking before even reading one of those other books. Because you've got to be strong in the Lord and very, 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 very mature in the Lord before you even dare to read one of those other books of which we don't have proof that they were in the Bible. And don't be trying to read those other books which we don't have proof that they were in the Bible until you've read the actual scriptures that we do have. Read Genesis to Revelation. Read Genesis to Revelation over and over and over and over again. Fast and pray and fast and pray and fast and pray and get close to God and cry out to God and seek God with all of your heart 2,000%. Really become mature in Christ before you can even begin to think of even considering one of those other books of which we have no proof solid that they were in the Scriptures. But as far as the Apocrypha that was actually in the Greek Sotudian, I encourage you, because we know they was in the Greek Sotudian. And I've read those Apocrypha books, those particular books I have read, and find them to be completely in line with the Word of God and with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit testifies to these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I really encourage you to check out the ministry website, isawthelightministries.com. isawthelightministries.com. I encourage you to check out the articles, The Son of Perdition Revealed. That's the one everybody calls the Antichrist. The Bible never calls him Antichrist. It calls him the man of sin. It calls him the lawless one. It calls him the Assyrian. But it never calls him Antichrist. The Son of Perdition Revealed the president of Syria, 
Bashar Assad, evil be his name, a fallen angel from this earth. A lot of people are not believing the truth on this, and a lot of people believe that you don't, uh, that we're going to have to see, we're going to have, a lot of people believe you're going to have to see a man, a man from Europe or from Turkey or from Russia, whatever, sign a seven-year peace treaty and build a third temple, a Jewish temple with animal sacrifices in it. I tell you this, the son of perdition will sit in a temple proclaiming himself as God as the Bible says. But it won't be a Jewish temple. It won't be on the temple now. I'm writing that article right now. Clearing to you what the scriptures proclaim about that. And I know it's foolishness to people when I talk about the president of Syria being the son of tradition. No, they don't believe me. They don't believe God. They don't believe God. And God is delivering the message, warning the people about what is occurring, what's about to occur. They don't believe God because they are so captive to traditional teaching. Babylonian lies and deceptions because None of those preachers on TV, I'm talking about every one of them, none of them know the Bible. Every one of them is a slave of Babylon, believing that we've got to see a seven-year peace treaty and a temple, a Jewish temple at that on the Temple Mount, which is not biblical. I encourage you to check out the website, I Saw the Light Ministries. Dot com. We're going to put on a song here, and then we're going to be back with a question and answer session in the chat room. And so I encourage you that if you're in the chat room to stick around. If you have any questions, or any, uh, if you have any questions, uh, I'm on right now. Uh, everybody's blocked from chatting because I've got to uh, pay attention to the message. But then here after this song, or even during the song, I'm going to uh, unblock everyone and let you ask your questions. And I'll be glad to try to answer your questions if you have any. You're also welcome to talk among your ch- yourself there, fellowship if you'd like to. And if you're signed in as a guest, that's good. And uh, But you're also welcome, if you want to, to sign up for free for a username there on TalkShoe.com. And you can choose a username or you can use your real name, whatever you want to do. And you're encouraged to do that. That way, as time goes along, more people join the chat room. And we have guest number two, guest number three, guest number four, guest number five. We can actually identify each other by name or username uh, in the future as we get more listening. So you're encouraged to do that. If you're listening over the phone, you can still ask questions. Uh, by letting me know ahead of time that you want to ask a question, then I can unmute unmute your phone and you can actually talk to me on the air over your telephone without a computer. So that's possible as well. And, uh, <clears throat> and uh, we're going to put on this song. <clears throat> 
and then we'll be back with today's question and answer session uh, right after this. Thanks for listening. Teaching me how to pray. 
on the Sabbath, Sabbath night, and uh, throughout the week to listen to the broadcast. Uh, thank you, Bob and Cheryl. I appreciate your support. Shout out to Lisa, uh, as well as Bob and Cheryl, and everybody else that may be listening. Appreciate any feedback that you'd like to give as well. Uh, trying to think anything else I need to say. Guess not. So this concludes today's broadcast of this gospel of the kingdom. And until next time, may God bless you in amazing ways.